the following episode will piggyback off the prior episode, which is simply entitled The Hypocrite. Wanted to discuss the matter further because it is a broad subject and I felt that it could not be properly explained, at least not by me, in one episode. So I wanted to continue with the second episode and I titled the second episode Church Hypocrisy. Once again, how are we relating to the world and the one of the main themes in this particular episode that I wanted to address is do we as the church have to apologize to the world for our hypocrisy? Do we have to do that? That was something that was done yesterday on April the 16th in a message that I heard from a pastor indicating that we needed to change our attitude or apologize to the unsaved world for our hypocritical behavior. Stay tuned to find out what I said in this episode. Hey, so yesterday evening, I was talking about the issue of church hypocrisy. And as I'd indicated yesterday is I listened to a pastor that felt the need to apologize to his online audience, the unsaved people, for the hypocrisy of those in the church. And once again, like I stated, I understand the sentiment behind why he did that, but I want to elaborate a little further as to why I disagree why he did it. In other words, why do we as the church have to apologize for our behavior. Now, let me start off by saying this. I I understand that those outside of the church expect a higher moral standard of living and conduct by those who are professing to be Christians. I understand that. I get that part. And I agree with it. However, I don't believe that we, I totally disagree with the fact that we need to go to the extreme whereby we apologize to the world because we do not behave perfectly or we are hypocrites. Now, because anyone in the church can easily clap back and say, hey, just like you guys are labeling us church hypocrites, we can also label you as worldly hypocrites, which is indeed true. So my point, like I mentioned in my last segment, my last episode, that if the church has to apologize to the world, then the world also has to apologize to the church. And let me say it like this. This may sting, but I'm going to say it anyhow. The bride of Christ does not have to apologize to the bride of the devil. Let me say that again. The bride of Christ, in other words, the church that Christ died for, he's the head of the church. We do not have to apologize to the bride of Satan. Because if we have to do that, then they have to do the same to us because the world has no problem with persecuting the church mocking the church, talking about Jesus in in a negative way, talking about the Holy Spirit. They 
they acted out in, in sketch comedies. They, they lampoon us on stage and concerts. I mean, the church gets a very, very bad rap for its attempt to try to love those who are mostly unlovable and try to bring them into the knowledge of the truth. So, once again, I totally disagree with any pastor or any person that would apologize to the world for our behavior. Now, one of the one of the ways in which we have been maligned is the whole idea about the LGBTQ uh, agenda movement. Um, as a matter of fact, some uh, people on a radio show called the Breakfast Club asked a popular Christian celebrity, I won't name the person's name, asked him about the whole thing about homosexuality. Is it a sin? And this celebrity tiptoed the the question. They didn't answer the question. They they as as one person said, he moonwalked over it. He danced around it. He pop locked around it. He didn't answer the question directly. It was a direct question which required a direct answer. And what he did instead of defending the faith that he claims to um, believe in, he said, let me apologize on behalf of the church on how the church has treated the LGBTQ community. Now, I'm not saying that those that are gay, transgender, lesbian, bisexual, etc., should be disrespected. I'm not saying that at all. All people are precious and important in God's eyes because all of us, despite our lifestyle, whether it's pure and right before God or whether it's adulterous and wicked and blasphemous toward God, we're all made in God's image. So we all have that in common. We're all created by the same God. However, that does not excuse us as Christians to point out sin when we see it. Here's the difference. See, you have a lot of people that are calling out certain sins and they're being very, very unkind and being very malicious about the sin that they're calling out. It's nothing wrong with Christians calling out sin, but we don't have to be unkind and malicious and have some type of superiority complex against those whom we're calling out. Now, also it's very important that we understand that if we're going to call out someone's sin, that we better have our stuff in check. Otherwise, once again, it is going to be called out against us as being hypocrites, and rightfully so. Saying, uh, saying that, now saying that, once again, does not mean, or neither do I agree that we have to apologize to the world. The world hates believers. It hates the Bible. It hates God. It hates Christ. And because the world loves its sin, like I said in the in the prior episode, the world loves its depravity. It gives them a rush. It gives them pleasure. And now when somebody calls them out on it, then they're upset. So here's my challenge to you, those of you who are perhaps listening that don't know the Lord or don't care about the things of God, search the scriptures. Prove us wrong. What it says in the scriptures regarding sin, that 
And I can give you one passage of scripture that will, that should lay the whole matter to rest. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 tells us this. It says, but the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life, excuse me, through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's very cut and dry. It's very straight and to the point, folks. God hates sin. And because he hates sin, he has to call it out. And he uses his children, his saints, Christians, men and women, to bring an awareness to the, to the hatred of that sin. And if we love the lost, like we claim that we love the lost, then we're going to share the truth. And you cannot say you love someone and not give them the truth. And I'm talking about absolute truth, gospel truth, biblical truth. So it is hip, it is actually hypocritical of us as Christians to say that we love you, we care about you, but we will lie to you and make you feel comfortable in your sin instead of making you feel uncomfortable in your sin. So we're trying to drive you to the cross. We're attempting to drive you to the saving arms of Jesus Christ. We're trying to bring you to a point of rescue. That's not hate. That's love. In, 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 in the purest form, that's love because we're trying to explain to you that the only way that you can be delivered from your sin state is to repent of those sins turn away from them agree with god that what you're doing is dangerous as a matter of fact it could be eternally dangerous for you if you die in a unforgiven state how is that hateful how is that hypocritical that is not hypocritical that is why we have been sent into the earth to to share the good news of the gospel. That's what gospel means. It means good news. And that word gospel comes is where we get the word evangelism from or evangel. I mean, it, it means to share the good news. We are delivery people. The message has already been codified in God's holy writings, the scriptures. We are simply delivery men and women of the truth. We're couriers. We're like FedEx. We're like UPS. We're like the post office. We simply have to deliver the message as it has already been given. We don't have to alter it. We just have to deliver it. Now, those that are wise will receive it and act upon it. Those that are foolish will ignore it, blaspheme it, which means to revile or to hate and ignore it. And John the Baptist, the cousin of the Lord Jesus Christ, simply said it like this at the end of John's gospel, the third chapter, he said, he that has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life, but the wrath of God abides on him or her. John chapter three, verse 36. So everybody has a choice to make. Everybody has a decision to make regarding God. Now, what I would say to you and what I would recommend to you who are listening, and I said this in the prior episode, don't look to the man or to the woman of God only. Look to Christ because that is your perfect example. Now, once again, I'm not making excuses for 
the Christian who is behaving in a way that they should not behave. They are making the church look bad. Absolutely. And I'm endeavoring not to do that. But those who are not working hard on their life as a believer, they need to be ashamed and they're going to be called out and they should be called out. I agree with that. They should be called out. It is time for us as the church definitely to make a self awareness and a self examination of our lives. How are we looking to the world that we're trying to bring to saving faith and to salvation? Are we going to cheapen the grace of God and simply say, I'm saved, I'm good to go, so I'm going to live any kind of way I want because, hey, my, my salvation is secure. I got assurance. So they want they want to live as what some people call a carnal Christian. We, If we reel our minds back, rewind to the point where we first made a profession of Jesus Christ and concentrate and focus on what price the Lord paid for us to be into the kingdom, how can we live any kind of way that we want to live? How can we live haphazardly, just raggedy, jacked up Christian lives? To me, that's an oxymoron. So we need to check ourselves. Check your life out. See if you are living a life that is God honoring and God pleasing. So that's what I wanted to say primarily in regards to this. I want to kind of like add an addendum to the prior episode and simply say that it to me is not necessary as a church to apologize to a world that hates us and that persecutes us. Not so much here in the United States, but in other parts of the world where they're being severely persecuted for their faith in Christ. I mean, Let's face it, folks. I mean, unsaved people do hypocritical things every day. There are people that are cheating on their spouses. There are people that are um, pedophiles. There are people that are dishonest with their taxes. There are politicians. These are some of the worst hypocrites of all here in the United States and abroad that make campaign promises that they never keep. I mean, there are Politicians that initially said, hey, I believe that uh, marriage is between a man and a woman. But then once they need to garner votes, they they switch reels and they, they code switch, as they say. And they say now they are for same sex marriage. They promote same sex marriage, which, of course, is an abomination and is a is something that God hates because God clearly defined marriage. He instituted marriage for the enjoyment of a man and a woman and for them to procreate and to bear children same sex relationships can't produce that 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 blessing never can produce it men with men and women with men, women cannot reproduce and cannot procreate and anybody that's honest uh, like I said honest with common sense will know that that is wrong, but we are in a postmodern society. I understand that, and people have determined for themselves how they're going to live, and they want all of us to accept it. And if we don't, then we're transphobic, we're xenophobic, we're homophobic, and 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 so on and etc. So 
do not expect me to accept your depravity. If you want to call yourself a man when you're a woman, you're confused. You want to call yourself a woman when you're a man, you are confused and you have decided to have your own truth when in essence it's not a truth, it's a lie. It's a lie. So if you want to live a life of confusion and say that you're a woman, when you're a man, you're really not, you're artificial. Because <laughs> being a man or being a woman is not just about makeup and hair or about uh, baggy pants or about an attitude. <laughs> it's biological. Come on, folks. Let's get real. Let's let's use our common sense. But as my wife and I always talk about uh, these days, common sense is no longer common. Common sense is, has become the exception, sadly, and not the rule. We are living in very, very perilous times, folks. We are near the end and it's going to get worse. If we think people are have lost their minds now and they're, and they're dumbing down now in their morality and in their, and in their gender identity and their sexual orientation, the worst is yet to come. The worst is yet to come, folks. So buckle up your seatbelts. As bad as, it, as bad as it is now morally, it's going to get even more and more depraved. Hard to believe, but it will. This is all a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. So if you think things are bad now, you better continue to pray. You better continue to fast. You better continue to read your word and get strengthened in your most holy faith because the war is going to get more intense between the forces of good and and the forces of evil. So by way of wrap up, all right, way of wrap up, we as a church do not need to apologize to the world. I totally disagree with that, that mindset. I'm against it. I won't support it. And because if that's the case, then the world needs to apologize for its persecution and its offense and its hypocrisy against the church. And here's the thing, folks. Here's where the church of Jesus Christ has the advantage. Christ died for his bride, which is the church. Christ did not die for the devil's children. You follow what I'm saying? Did you get that? This is what Romans chapter 8 verse 44 says, Jesus speaking to the religious leaders of his day, he says, you are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father, you want to do. He is a murderer from the beginning and he's a liar because there's no truth in him. And it says that he is also the father of lies. Now I paraphrased it, but I want to do it better. So let me go actually to that verse of scripture, or those verses of scripture, and read it the way it uh, needs to be read. John chapter 8. John's Gospel chapter 8. Hold on. I'm almost there. John chapter 8, verse 44. This is what Jesus said to the religious leaders. It says, You belong to your father, the devil. I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible. 
and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. All right. So there's two families, folks. There's two families, beloved. You either belong to the devil's family or you believe or you belong to God's family. Christ died for his bride. He didn't die for the devil's kids. You need to understand that. And so I simply said all that to say that we have the advantage. Those of us who are in Christ, we have the advantage because we're on the the winning side. We're on the salvation side. And those people that do not know the Lord are on the side of damnation. It's just that simple. I'm going to give it to you cut, cut and dry, whether you love it or whether you hate it. And once again, I know this is coming across as harsh, but love tells the truth. Love does not conceal the truth. Love tells the truth and lets you know exactly where you are so you know what you need to do. All right. So that's all I wanted to say in, in regards to that. God bless you till next time.